Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Today on our show, we're going to speak about coffee. One of the questions I get all the time from our wellness clients is, can I continue to drink coffee? And the answer is absolutely. There's a lot of health and wellness benefits to coffee, but I want to make sure you're drinking the right coffee and I want to make sure you're drinking clean coffee. So today we have Max on our show from Jules and Watts Coffee, and he's going to share with us how he makes sure that he serves clean coffee and what that process looks like. A big buzzword now is about making sure you have clean coffee and making sure there's no mold in your coffee. And, you know, I, I want to make sure our patients know how the hell to navigate that and where to get good coffee, because that's frightening. Nobody wants to drink mold. Uh, so Max, thanks for being on today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Max. If you don't mind us jumping right in and simply saying, what the hell, how do you find clean coffee? You know, um, you can find it at julesandwattscoffee.com. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it is. It's a hot topic and it's, it's, it's good that people are thinking about this. It's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful that people want to be putting good stuff in them to live their best life, to be as healthy as they can be. Yes. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, though questionable coffee does exist, um, these days it might be harder to find than, um, we are, uh, uh, thinking right off the bat. Now, if you, here's what I'm going to say. If you go to your local coffee roaster, that's doing specialty coffee, it's going to be very difficult to find coffee that is bad for you, that has mold, that has defect of, okay. of most sorts. Uh, so if you go to your local coffee roaster, you're supporting small business mm -hmm. and you're dealing with people who care about their craft and have been trained um, or, or, or taught or learned themselves very carefully how to select coffees that are going to be not only revealing the most substantial flavors of the, what we call terroir is a term stolen from wine. So the flavors of their origin, but also defect free. So mold does occur. We're talking about something that's grown in the ground. Okay. What goes into that? Um, months of cultivation, you yeah. plant it, you, um, you grow it, you nurture it, you harvest it, you process it and you ship it. So throughout all of that, there's anything can happen. Okay. It can happen, um, while it's in the ground, it can happen while it's being processed. It could happen while it's being shipped. It's on a boat going for, you know, yep. days across thousands of miles, potentially. <laughs> now, when it comes here uh, to the States, uh, us as green coffee buyers, okay, that's, that's one hat that I, that I could be wearing. Um, when, I'm, when I'm a barista, I'm wearing my barista hat. When I'm serving you coffee, I'm a barista. Right. When I'm roasting coffee, I have my roaster hat on. I'm a coffee roaster. Now, um, when I'm deciding what 
coffee to roast, I'm a green buyer. I request samples from importers. This is where I'm at personally. Other people go to origin, go to these countries. They develop relationships with farmers and those could be long-term relationships. I'm not there yet. My company is very new and I'm not buying such enormous amounts of coffee that I need to go to these places to call shotgun on, on a giant lot of coffee yet. I, I plan to do that soon. Um, and especially not right now with, uh, certain travel restrictions. So I select, I work closely with, um, green coffee importers, big, um, companies that have a, a big, um, footprint in, in production producing countries uh, and work, they work closely with the farmers and they exchange knowledge to keep coffee getting better. They bring all the coffee in and take care of all the complicated paperwork of exporting and importing and all of that, that has a myriad nuance. Um, I don't have to do that. What does green coffee uh, mean? Yeah. Green coffee. You see all these jute sacks, these burlap bags behind me. Uh, Green coffee is coffee that has been grown and processed and cleaned and um, put in these bags, shipped to a a consuming country where we are, the United States. Uh, We consume the coffee, but we don't necessarily grow a massive amount of it. And then the green coffee, it is actually a green bean Uh, it's actually a seed of a cherry. It's, it comes from a fruit. And so the green coffee is, is actually green in color. And, uh, that is what I put into the roaster. And then a bunch of stuff happens, uh, to put it simply, I bake it. And then, uh, it comes out as the brown goodness that we know and love. So I work with these green coffee importers and I request samples. Now it's kind of long-winded and I apologize. Now here's the answer to the question. Um, When I get a green sample, I'm specifically looking for mold. I'm specifically looking for damage from bugs. I'm specifically looking for um, things that I've learned through, through a lot of studying and a lot of research. And um, there's a lot of information out there on how to look for these things. Were there coffee boring beetles that were, eating out the inside is there mold you can see it you can put it under certain lights and 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 see um what damage has occurred through the shipment through the processing through the cultivation right. now if you're working with somebody who cares about quality specialty coffee roasters then it's very incredibly unlikely that you're going to find something toxic got it and i i love having you on the show today um I can see you being a returning guest in the future for our entrepreneur show. Uh, that being said, the reason why I have you on is on our wellness for our wellness program. There's two questions I get when people um, uh, are considering uh, partnering with us. And it's because it's a co-laboring effort. I'm their coach, their client. We're going shoulder to shoulder together. Number one, can I drink coffee? <laughs> Number two, can I drink alcohol? Uh, and so those are my two, uh, those are things that our, our wellness program is not a prison sentence. Uh, it's just different from normal daily habits of average Americans. And this is why we get people better. We shift gears a bit, but it's fun and it's amazing to improve your quality of life through daily habit changes. And, uh, but people love coffee and so do I, and I have a cold brew sitting to the left of me. Um, but that being, <laughs> that being said, uh, I do not want my wellness clients our wellness clients to be ingesting a poor product. And that's why you're on today. So let's talk about the big brands. 
and how um, that might not be the best thing to ingest. You know, the the bigger you go, the more you're focused on. And, and I'm going to stay away from naming names. I, and I like us to, you know, we know who we're talking about when we say big brands. It's they're everywhere. Uh, when we drive our cars, we see we drive by, you know, 20 of their shops on one block. We drive and we see the billboards, the commercials, the Instagram ads. We can call it big coffee. There's such a thing as big coffee. And that that exists in the consuming world. It exists in the production Countries, uh, companies that cultivate coffee, there is big coffee as there is big pharma, as there is big tobacco, etc. So that's a that's a real uh, quantity to be aware of. And um, that it's it's an inevitability of business. When you're scaling a company, you focus on costs. You don't want a lot of them. You want to keep your costs down. Typically, generally speaking, when you focus on keeping costs down, quality gets sacrificed. Okay. I'm painting in broad strokes. I don't need to get specific. These are things we can all understand as you need to get millions and millions of pounds of coffee. Stuff could sneak in there. Yeah. Things we don't want inside of us as we consume, as you deal with smaller companies, um, there's going to be a magnifying glass more scrupulously put over what you're consuming. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we don't have to name names. I will say one thing, one of our wellness clients, um, I will name names. It's uh, I'm like, he really loves his coffee. And I'm like, take a picture of what you're drinking and send me a picture of these pods from Dunkin' Donuts. And um, I said, we can do better than that. It's not that that's bad. We can just do better and it's not a big change. It's just a little bit different. Uh, and as you get used to that new habit, you're going to really appreciate the quality. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, the, uh, I, I hope this doesn't bore our listeners, but can, I want, I'd like you to make this as exciting as possible for us. There's a pretty interesting history about coffee. Uh, can you dive into that for a few, few minutes? And if uh, you start going into a rant, I'll cut you off. Please. <laughs> Please feel free to cut me off. Yeah, it goes way back, man. It goes way, way back. And, um, you know, we've been consuming coffee more or less in the method that we do. Roast it, grind it, use hot water to make it drinkable. Over 500 years. Now, if something was really that not good for us, would it last that long? Absolutely not. Um, The science just keeps coming out of all of the benefits, the wellness benefits of coffee. But let's start a little bit earlier than that. I think it's ninth century. Um, This is uh, the story that has been propagated. Um, The actual facts, questionable. But let's go with the commonly used story of how coffee was found. It was found by a goat herder named Kaldi, and he noticed his goats were dancing. They were jumping up and down um, and vivaciously. And then he's noticed they were chewing on these leaves of this particular plant. So Kaldi went and tried that plant and um, the caffeine, which obviously is what made the goats do their thing. uh, The caffeine is in every part of the coffee plant. It's in the the stem, it's in the leaves, it's in the cherry. So, you know, he started noshing on it and he thought he was going to be awake and euphoric for days. And then it, you know, did its thing. And then he went back and he started sharing it with everybody. Fast forward, 
um, we started consuming it um, ground, uh, not we, but warriors in Ethiopia, which is where coffee comes from, uh, grinding the seeds up and putting in the balls of fat to take with them on expeditions. And uh, I don't know about you, but if I, if caffeine wasn't a thing, yeah. And then I had these warriors coming at me that were all hyped up on caffeine. I'd be terrified. So I think it started working to their advantage pretty quick. Sure, sure. Uh, so then it crosses over to Yemen from Ethiopia to Yemen. And um, it made its way into the Arab countries and Sufi monks would use it to stay awake for uh, nighttime prayers. Okay. Um Sufism, uh, especially some more spiritual sects of Sufism, are known for the whirling dervishes. They, you know, spin around with the uh, for meditation. Uh, yeah. Pretty fascinating stuff, and some really great music associated with that. Um, then it keeps going, and it it keeps propagating, um, usually through um, pretty uh, dire situations. It has to be smuggled out. If you take coffee out of Yemen, it's punishable by death, but certain spies were able to get it out and get it into the mountains of Mysore and in India and start cultivating it there. Um, and then it made, you know, the Dutch were kind of controlling this all um, sea travel at that time. They were able to sneak it out of the port of Mocha and they got it into the port of java in indonesia <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> so we know those words mocha java yep those come from the ports that uh, coffee was being um surreptitiously uh smuggled in and out of and it found its way into um all these different regions between the tropics of capricorn and cancer higher altitudes more humidity and it started propagating all over the world. I could, there's, there's, there's innumerable stories, how it got from here to there to central America. Um, what specific varieties, um, were being spread along the way. I won't bore us with those details. Um, but now fast forward to 1600s, 1500s, 1600s, we start to see coffee cafes, um, pop up all throughout Europe. Hundreds. Yeah, it just yeah. keeps going. Um, people were boozing pretty hard in, in England. And then coffee came and like, it was an awakening. And uh, we, we started to see a lot more of everything. Literature, industrial um, um, progression. And a lot of things we know and love came from coffee, from coffee houses. Coffee houses are a really big deal. They had, uh, and now I'm talking in London specifically, um, hundreds of coffee houses. It kind of had their own thing. Okay. Um, the people in this industry went to this one. The people in that industry went to that one. The people of this religion went to this one. The people of that religion went to that one and so on and so forth. Lloyd's of London, started as at a coffee shop you would find out um what ships were coming in at the coffee shop you would garner new knowledge from talking to your peers at coffee shops so they became known as penny universities because that was the place to go to learn and find out what was going on with the industries uh so that obviously kept growing and expanding and um 
coffee brewing methods kept um, developing, and we can thank the Italians for inventing and perfecting the espresso machines. Um, that made its way to the States. Obviously, um, we can say it's patriotic to drink coffee, the whole tea thing uh, against our former rulers of Britain. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I don't mean to get political, uh, it kept growing and ha- now we're in a very, uh, meaningful time of coffee because, um, we're exchanging so much knowledge from producing and, um, producing coffee and, and brewing coffee, uh, all, uh, all over the world. So the coffee is getting better at origin and the brew methods are getting more clear at the points of consumption. It's getting easier to get good coffee. It's tasting better and everybody's benefiting. So I think that's my history of coffee in an, as much of a nutshell as I can put it in. You know, Penny University is genius. I had no idea right? for one. It's, it's like, and, and it's still that way today, to be honest with you. And it's, it's, uh, it's one thing that I love about going to your local coffee shop and having that comfortable in-house feel and being able to have that experience um, either by yourself, if you're doing your work or with somebody else and have that casual conversation and, and ultimately to either do business or to learn. Uh, we, Absolutely. We had, I was happy to f- meet you um, uh, because we are creating a, a cafe called Fix Fuel Cafe. And uh, we very much um, expect to uh, use your bean uh, because of uh, the process you go through to make sure that it's so clean and pure and, and the research you do, uh, Always. There, there'd be no reason why we'd have to look anywhere else. Uh, and so our cafe, our, our fixed fuel cafe will be um, revolved around um, predominantly a very clean espresso bean and coffee bean, and as well as uh, whole food snack options. So whether it be bars, muffins, um, balls, um, these whole food snack options for people that don't, that shouldn't be grabbing a croissant or a, you know, a carbohydrate, like, um, cookie or snack, that's going to be them doing them a disservice. So very happy that, um, you've already given me some advice on, on how to put this together, recommending the espresso machine, obviously straight out of Italy. Uh, so I just wanted to thank you in person for that help. Now we talk about Jules and Watts. Uh, where did you get the name Jules and Watts coffee? Well, to be honest, the back of a chemistry book. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they, they are measurements of energy and power respectively. And uh, I'm enamored in, in the process of roasting and brewing and serving coffee, customer service, making people's day by um, having them have a moment to relish in this cup. Uh, it's a very meaningful ritual to us that drink coffee. And I think everybody should try it if they haven't already. Um, And especially in regard to the health benefits, which we'll talk about soon. Um, So it's something I want to share with people. Caffeine is the primary alkaloid that has gotten coffee to the place that it is globally. Okay. Caffeine is a secondary metabolite to defend against predators. That's why it exists in the plant. Okay. Just like, you know, this plant, like, you know, um, especially tropical plants have different means to defend themselves. Um, this one, 
provided something that made us want it more, which in turn worked out to coffee's favor because now it's all over the globe, not just in Ethiopia where it came from. So the caffeine gives us energy and power. It gives us energy and power. And that's what I, I, I want not only to rely on the, the, the caffeine content, but I want the brand itself to be focused on inspiring people to reach for their wants, to reach what they want to do, to whether it's, I want to go to work today and have that mindset, that positive mindset of, I want to go to work today, which could change everything. Or I want to start a business or I want to paint a picture. I want to do whatever you want to do. And imbibing this, 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 this amazing beverage is going to help you get there physically, but I want the brand to buttress that physicality mentally and, and, and emotionally to inspire people to, to reach for what they want to do. And that's really where the name came from, um, energy and power. And that's what we're focused on. That's what's inherent to the coffee. And that's what I want to impart as you enjoy the beverage. Got it. Thank you for sharing that for the people that are still listening, because they may not be as big of coffee nuts as you and I, um, but the ones that have stayed on, thank you so much. Uh, we, we're going to, this is a conversation for wellness. We're talking for our wellness clients have the story. They understand the mission. They understand the reason why it's okay to drink coffee um, and where they can get it, but the health benefits and the wellness benefits of coffee. So let's get into that. Yeah. And it's almost, difficult to start because there's they're abundant absolutely abundant and i think that um just to start the conversation there's two things there's two facets of wellness to address um physical wellness immunity gut health longevity metabolism but also mental wellness okay because i want to just immediately address the elephant in the room uh, and not dance around it at all. It's it's liquid anxiety. We're drinking liquid anxiety. And is that a conduit to mental health? Absolutely not. So here's what I'm going to say. I don't mean to disparage it. Obviously, I've built a career out of it. Coffee is part of a balanced wellness program. Drinking coffee isn't going to solve all your problems. I've tried to tell myself that. And uh, I, it, I found out it was a lie. Um, coffee is a part of a balanced wellness protocol. Right. So uh, uh, not a silver bullet. I, th- I think that it's, it's imperative to remember that, to include exercise, to include eating the right way. And then coffee becomes the most beautiful and tasty ornamentation to your wellness protocol. Okay, so that being said... There's a lot going on in coffee. A lot. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very complex thing. Now, just to quickly outline the complexity of it, just with the aromatics of, of coffee, real quick here. Um, we have identified uh, 200 volatile aromatic compounds in wine. And, and, and we know wine people are, are, are very sophisticated and, and, and very intelligent and, and highly admired. 
coffee has over 800 identified volatile aromatic compounds. Okay. So now I'm just talking about talking about the tasty stuff, the stuff that we, we smell and, and taste and perceive through our, our, um, our, our, our tasting senses. Now the complexity keeps going. There's, um, coffee's known for its acidity, which I want to compartmentalize and talk about, um, on its own later, but chlorogenic acids are one of them, not to be confused with the aliphatic acids that contribute to the flavor. To keep it simple, higher view, chlorogenic acids are full of antioxidants uh, and contribute to um, longevity and immunity as well as gut health. Three things that I think are crucial for us to be focused on while we're thinking about wellness. I'm actually taking notes right now, so keep on going. I could keep going. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you said uh, chlorogenic acids and you said another one. Um, aliphatic acids. Those yep. are like lactic acid, which you find in yogurt and milk, and it gives it the tanginess. Um, malic acid, which is found in apples. The, um, malic acid works with um, the brightness of the sweetness in an apple and um, citric acid, kind of self-explanatory. We find that in citrus fruits, uh, and, and, um, tartaric acid as well. So there's all these different flavor acids and they're not bad for you. Um, if, if you're, if you're worried about, um, acid, uh, coffee is, is one of the, um, uh, least acidic household items, uh, carbonated water is more acidic beer substantially. And then it keeps going apple juice, white wine, orange juice, colas, lemonade, all far more acidic right. coffee's pretty down there. Um, pH, uh, slightly higher than five, uh, cow's milk is going to be about six and a half. Um, so it's one of the least acidic household products. That's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. The, uh, you know, we talked about that on a recent podcast about water and things that may deplete um, our, our, or dehydrate us, but also talking about alkaline water and how we are taking in acidic, acidic foods or drinks uh, and, and how we can counterbalance that. And so yeah. a lot of people think coffee is the most acidic thing they can actually take into their body. And, and that's not true. Um, I beg to differ. <laughs> I would say that a big coffee drinkers um, hydrate more than the recommended dose, which is half half of your weight in ounces of water per day. Uh, so intake more water so you can counterbalance and make sure you are hydrated if you are going to um, uh, drink substantial amount of coffee per day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we cannot overstate the importance of drinking uh, enormous amounts of water throughout the day. Don't overdo it. You can drown. But <laughs> drinking plenty of water is so crucial for absolutely every process in your body. How much are we of water? We're like 65, 75% water. We got to keep replenishing that. It's good for our mental state. It's good for feeling um, focused, happy, alert. But it's also necessary for our, our physical uh, functions. Right. Um, as far as 
athleticism goes, um, coffee does have um, wellness benefits for um, athletic performance because it, it has, uh, going back to the complexity, it has magnesium and potassium and B vitamins and magnesium can boost your athletic performance and uh, potassium helps maintain muscle mass and, and lower blood pressure. So those things are in coffee as well. You're, uh, would you like to share where people can find you and certainly how they can order from you? Absolutely. Thank you for that opportunity. Uh, uh, Jules and Watts coffee, everything, Instagram, maybe not everything, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Jules and Watts coffee.com Jules and Watts coffee at gmail.com. If you want to write to me directly, I see all of those emails. Um, please consider tasting some of the coffees that we offer at jewelsandwattscoffee.com. And um, we have something right now called one month of coffee where you purchase it once and it's an incredibly uh, favorable shipping rate. It's $5 total. We send you one bag of freshly roasted coffee each week. And each week it's a different coffee. We send you four bags. So it's one bag of coffee a week for a month. And you get to try most of our menu that way. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, Absolutely. Before we uh, part ways, I'd like to hear what uh, you have plans as far as expansion and growth and development for your company. Absolutely. So um, I started as an online business, which made the most sense because there's no overhead. So I would roast the coffee, renting time on a a coffee roaster and um, made all the bags, stamping them, putting the labels on them solo all by myself did that for a couple of years, um, selling to, um, subscribers. I have coffee subscription program then. Um, so you don't have to think about the coffee. It's just arrives at your door, like magic. Uh, you don't have to worry about it on your grocery list. You're always going to have something that's clean and super tasty at your door every week or every two weeks or once a month you decide. So I was doing subscriptions, furnishing a few local restaurants with my coffee, a few coffee shops, then had the opportunity to partner with one of my customers, actually, Broad Street Oyster Company was serving my coffee in their restaurant. We partnered to open up a coffee shop in Malibu in July of 2020. A whole nother crazy story, but it's safe. Uh, it's, it feels essentially outside with how much, um, airflow there is and the giant doors that stay open. It feels good. Um, we want to continue to grow. We want to continue to serve communities that we love throughout Southern California with, uh, a great place to go and be welcomed and, and served delicious coffee drinks. Uh, so hopefully open up a couple more this year as well as to continue to grow the roasting operations and um, provide good jobs for people um, and to um, keep roasting quality, emphasis on quality, coffee uh, on a larger scale, hopefully um, to be growing substantially within the next five years and have a a bigger footprint uh, throughout Southern California and most of the West coast. Max, that's great. Make your way out to Arizona, please. 
the, uh, the, uh, I respect what you do. I believe in what you do. I'm thankful that I have you as a resource for our, our clients that, um, love coffee and don't want to give it up and they can understand the health benefits of it if they're finding a clean source. And we know we found one with you. So please view, please, um, search Jules and Watts and go on their site and, uh, subscribe. Uh, so thanks again, Max. I appreciate your time. Look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you. Likewise, I'm very grateful to be on here and thankful to you for having me and look forward to more of this. Awesome. Have a good day. Likewise. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.